Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up Podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces. This, folks, this right here, right now, is the Wits Up Podcast 100th episode. Woohoo! I know you're all cheering, whatever you're doing, whether it be on the bike, out for a run, in the car, wherever you're listening to this. I know you're all clapping and smiling and cheering that we made it to 100 episodes. Back in 2017, we launched uh, with our very first guest, Marinda Rini Carfrey. And we actually, I caught up with her at Geelong 70.3. So that would have been in February in 2017. And uh, Rini pulled me aside before we actually started recording. I think it was actually the day before we were set to record. And she said, "Oh, um, I need I need to let you know something." And I know I'm I am super clueless when it comes to things like um, surprises in terms of people telling me that they're pregnant. Like I just would never have guessed. Wouldn't have even. It just didn't enter my brain. Um, anyways, and I just remember walking into into the her room where she was staying, and she was there supporting uh, Annabelle Luxford, one of her friends from many 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 moons ago. Uh, and obviously you all know who Annabelle Luxford Id is as well. Uh, but I know there was this air of, um, you know, in, in the triathlon world, there's this vibe, this sort of muttering, these these murmurs going around um, as to why Marinda Carfrey was in Geelong, not racing and just watching. And I don't know, there was a lot of questions being floated around. And anyway, I was still quite oblivious to it all. But anyway, she she pulled me into the room and she was just like, I'm more than happy to do the podcast. I really would love to do your first podcast. However, I'm pregnant. And it, it took me a little while for it to sort of sink in. And um, I, I, think, I think it was because the way she told me, I was like, why wouldn't that? I don't understand why you couldn't do the podcast. I, I was like, is it because you're going to throw up every five minutes? I don't know. But anyway, long story short, uh, we had to hold back uh, launching the podcast because she wanted to wait until she could let all of her sponsors know uh, and all of the important people in her life know uh, that she was pregnant before it was announced on the podcast. So we're allowed to talk about it, uh, but I had to put off uh, actually releasing that episode, which was the launch of our Wits Up podcast until I think it was about a month or so. It was it was about four or five weeks after we actually recorded that we actually launched. Anyway, there's uh, so that's why one of the reasons uh, we love Rini. I personally am a big what, I can't even say big fan of Rini. I can, but she's a friend. She's just a she's a solid person. She's a she's a good egg, uh, and we couldn't have thought of a better person to help us celebrate 100 episodes here on the Wits Up podcast. Um, when I first uh, decided to start a podcast, initially I I always wanted to be in the same room with our guest. I thought that that's how I best. Um, you know, chat with people. It's how I get the best out of people. I feel um, it's where I feel like people are the most comfortable when you can speak to them face to face. So our podcast was always quite sporadic from the beginning because I could only ever chat to people when I was obviously in the same place. Then, which meant 
when I was going to races, uh, I'd have to record a podcast um, while we're at an event, which proved quite difficult because a podcast does take over an hour. Um, and as you know, at a, at a race, people generally don't have an hour spare to sit down and talk to you, particularly professional triathletes. They've got so many other media commitments and prepping for the race and, you know, all the things that they need to get done. Um, plus, being at a race is also about uh, connecting with people and catching up with people. Um, so taking an hour away from that time with, that they might have devoted to catching up with other people is a big call. We got it done, um, but I I eventually realized that it probably wasn't the best way to to keep doing the podcast. Plus, it was really hard to carry all my equipment because uh, I always want to make sure that we've got decent equipment to record these. Uh, carrying all that equipment around the globe was quite tough, but it wasn't until uh, Challenge wrote in maybe it was 2018, that Steph Corker had said to me, you need to be doing more podcasts. Uh, we love it. Uh, I understand that you you want to do it face-to-face and I can absolutely appreciate that, but that's just not, um, it, it's just not sustainable in order to be able to continually um, publish content on the podcast. Uh, so you probably need to start doing it remotely. And I, and I pushed back because I really wanted it to feel like, you know, you're sitting in a room with a friend catching up and I wanted our, our listeners to feel that as well. Um, but she obviously convinced me that that was the way that we had to do things. And then obviously then with the pandemic, it was 100% the way that we had to do things was, uh, recording podcasts remotely. So, so anyway, Long story short, that is why we're only up to 100, even though the podcast has been out for over four years, um, because obviously we'd be over 200 or so if we're doing weekly podcasts for over four years. Um, But yeah, because they were quite sporadic to begin with. Uh, But now we're here, we're 100 episodes in, we're um, delivering you uh, one episode per week. Um, Each time I do a podcast, I learn something new. I mean, Rini, I've done so many interviews with her, but I still find out something new about her and it was fantastic to catch up with her, particularly for the first time properly since she's had her little man, Finn, who's now about five months old. Uh, so here we are, 100 episodes in. I just wanted to give a big heartfelt thank you to everyone who continues to tune in and leave us feedback and comments about the podcast. I love doing it. I hope that you still uh, love listening to the incredible people and the human sides of triathlon. And we're going to keep doing it. It's absolutely one of my favorite parts of what we do here at Wits Up. Um, but yeah, so enjoy my 100th, not my, our 100th episode. Enjoy the chat with Rini. And if you aren't already subscribing to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to it, please do so. It helps us out greatly. And leave a comment. Leave a comment on social media or on the platform that you obviously listen to it or even on YouTube if you are watching this. This is the longest introduction in quite some time. I do apologize, but hey, 100 episodes. Giddy up. Let's have a chat with Marinda Rini Carfrey. The reason that we're just running a few minutes behind is because... Not surprisingly, Rini has a couple of children to wrangle and we were actually, she was more than happy to go live while feeding Finn and uh, having a chat with Izzy. 
because that's life of a, a parent, but particularly, let's be honest, but particularly a mum. It is all about the juggle. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The little guy. I was all ready to go and I'm like, oh, yes, I have to feed the little guy because he will be beside himself in about 30 minutes if, <laughs> if not. So I had to quickly get him on the boob and then Izzy decided to come down as well. So, um, yeah, never a dull moment. Oh, gosh. I remember uh, when I when Frankie was, she would have been three three months, not even three months, and in Noosa I was hosting one of the breakfasts that I do. And because we flew in the day before, I hadn't expressed yeah. enough milk. And yeah. Brett turned up at the breakfast and was just like, you you have to feed her. <laughs> so I pretty much <laughs> just had to jump off stage, feed her. And I had yeah. Belinda Granger on stage. So I was like, you take the reins, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, probably the best case scenario with who you had on, exactly. on stage with you. <laughs> exactly. But it's incredible what you can what you can get done, and I only have one. I just can't even imagine what it's like with with a toddler and and an infant. How are you? How's it all going? It's going really well. Um, I think the biggest. Everyone says there's a massive um, adjustment from one to two, but the massive adjustment is from zero to one. That is the biggest craziness. And I feel like Izzy's at a pretty good age now. She's three and a half. We're actually going on four in a couple of months, and mm. she can kind of look after herself. Obviously not really, but like she can, you go to the toilet herself, she can get dressed, she can like go into the cupboard and grab a snack. Um, You know, she definitely wants my attention, but she's capable of looking after herself. And so that's helpful. I think I can't imagine having two like real little ones, like an 18 months old, a month old or a two-year-old and a a baby. I think that would be a lot harder, but uh, I think the age difference is kind of perfect for us. And I, I don't feel like it's that much different. Like, all of my time outside of training was Izzy and now, you know, I don't have any more time. So now it's Izzy and Finn. She has to share that time. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's always hard to have an infant, honestly, because you're just kind of holding them all the time. So you're doing everything with one hand uh, now. And sometimes Izzy likes to climb up and I have to hold both of them. And then I obviously can't do anything at all, but um, honestly, it's, it's not that crazy a change. Yeah. Um, just Izzy. Yeah. How are you going holding Izzy? Because Frankie, I'm like, oh my god, you are you're a small human. I can't lift you up and throw you around like I. Well, I can, but then I end up with a yeah. sore neck like I've got right yeah. now. Because <laughs> I'm also, I'm also yeah. forty now, so apparently, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Yeah, um, yeah no, um, I don't, yeah, she she's like thirty pounds. What's that? I don't even know. That's like only fifteen, less than fifteen kilos. Yeah. So she's like, I mean, probably she's probably a little more than that now, but I feel like she's been 30 pounds for like a year. <laughs> so it, it was, it's weird when you pick up the little guy, you're like, oh, he's so little and tiny. And like coming home from the hospital with Finn and then looking at Izzy, I'm like, oh my God, she's a giant. She is a child. She is not a baby anymore. And you definitely get, get put, gets put into perspective really quickly when you have an infant, like a little tiny baby. And then is, and, and Finn wasn't that little. I mean, he was eight pounds, eight pounds, two ounces or something. He wasn't super tiny. Yeah. But um, yeah, you, you realize that yeah, Izzy is not little anymore. Yeah. <laughs> a proper little human. Like yes. Own personality, own. I oh, imagine yeah. she, is she quite an, in, she appears to be quite an independent little one. Yes. Yeah. She is very, um, even since she was little, she kind of always knew what she wanted. Like she would, 
kind of tell you in her way as an infant, like what was she was happy about and what she wasn't happy about. And, and it still rings true at three and a half. Um, she now, although I have to tell you, Steph, I think you're coming up to three, aren't you? Yeah. Three and to three and a half was the hardest for us. She was like, well, 90% great, but 10% the devil. Oh my gosh. Who is this child? Like arguing, like the tantrums, unreasonable. Like you can't even talk to her, like having meltdowns. Um, And that only happened when she turned three. And I think, you know, once they're getting, you know, to that age, they can all of a sudden, oh, I I can have an opinion. (laughs) And, you know, this is like her negotiation skills are amazing. Like, okay, (laughs) well, how about like, okay, we're going to do this. How about we do this and this? Like, no, sweetie. How about we just do this? Well, what about if we did this and this? She's like incredible. Um, But yeah, the three to three and a half was way tougher than the twos. So, I mean, hopefully not the case with little Frankie, but it was the case with my little one. (laughs) Um, Someone's just commented and said, Steph needs a drink after hearing that. And they're right. Cause I can, (laughs) it's happening. It's starting to happen already. The other day she was climbing on something that she shouldn't have. And I said, can you get down from there? And she looked me square in the face and went, "Mm, no, thanks. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God. You can't yeah. negotiate with a terrorist and they're little terrorists. No. Totally, totally, yeah, um, absolutely. There's no reasoning with a three-year-old. And then uh, it will, when they, wait till she gets, like, worked up. Like, Izzy never had tantrums or anything, and then all of a sudden, like, tantrums, and she's crying, like, Mommy, help me calm down. I'm like, okay, well, here, let me hold you. No, don't touch me. Okay, um, do you want a glass of water? No, I don't want anything to drink, but help me calm down, Mommy. I'm like, sweetie, like, I, I don't know what to do. I, uh, and you just basically have to wait it out. It's 30 minutes of this like crazy, like just upset little person and doesn't know how to calm herself. And you don't have an, you, like she won't let you help her, but she wants you to help her. But yeah, it's kind of like can't win. And it's hard, but, yeah, isn't it? Because just, you understand that they're their own little person and there's so many emotions and even like hormones and all these things and senses everything's happening they don't know what's going on because all these things are changing inside of them yeah you can can appreciate that but also you're just like oh my gosh like I can't (laughs) so you want to be the cool calm collected parent that obviously we all are but yes (laughs) reality (laughs) that it's just not reality after a couple of let's talk it through I'm like oh gosh no yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know it's like you got to take a couple of breaths remind yourself that she's three um and that yes she has a lot of emotions going through and she doesn't know how to deal with them but it is hard um yeah when when you're with them so much (laughs) yeah absolutely um I want to ask well let's start with the kids first and then we'll we'll move on from the kids but obviously they're moving to the triathlon world yeah but how um the biggest differences between the two and I guess what you've learned about yourself as a mum, and then we'll get on to the athlete, but as a mum between the, the two different kids. Yeah. Um, he's still so little, so there's not much, I mean, he's, so first of all, I think I'll backtrack for a second and say, as a first time mum, you second guess everything. You worry about everything. You're like, you, you don't have your confidence really. Mm. Um, that you're doing the right thing because, you know, there isn't, I mean, there are manuals, but they're not realistic. Um, and, you know, every single instance that you face, you can't 
well, you kind of can, I guess, hop on the internet and, <laughs> and read about what, but, and I found myself like second guessing everything with Izzy and wondering if I was, you know, cause you just, you have this little life and you are, you just don't want to mess it up. Right. You just want to do everything possible to give uh, the little person the best opportunities and, and everything. But, you know, you, of course you're going to make mistakes along the way. Um, but with Finn, we're just so much more confident. I don't know. I feel like with Izzy, I, I didn't enjoy the infant stage. So I'm like, what do you do all day? Like, yeah. okay, she's awake. We talk to her and then we sing. And then, you know, like it's kind of repeat, repeat, repeat. But with Finn, I think because I have Izzy, um, like distracting me a lot <laughs> and pulling my attention away from him, um, there's less of that idle time. And I feel like, the, you know, when with Izzy, the days were so long. Mm. Um, you know, the weeks go quickly, but, you know, the days are, are long. But with Finn, it's just flown by. He's, I can't believe he's almost five months old. Um, he's a really happy baby. He, he lets you know as well, like, if he's hungry, he's pretty much upset if he's hungry or he's tired. And he kind of like, you can tell there's two different cries. With Izzy, I don't think I knew I recognized any cry from another. I'm just like, okay, something's wrong <laughs> with her. I don't know if it's, she's hungry. She's, you know, she's wet. She's, you know, tired. But with Finn, there's a definite distinct cry for a milk and a definite distinct cry or like he doesn't cry. He starts to work up to a cry. Like he kind of gets, you know, you know, a little bit grumpy or grumbly or grizzly. And then you're like, okay, well, he wants this. And you give it to him and then he's like, great. So it's, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's an easier baby or if, I'm just more confident with what I'm doing and more relaxed as well, which maybe is coming across in him. Yeah, probably a mixture of both, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he has, with Izzy, Izzy's a pretty big personality. So I think he's like, okay, well, I just guess I'll just be here (laughs) if you need me. Just existing over here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I feel like Frankie and Izzy are very similar. I, th- I feel, yeah. yeah, they will be very similar. Um, yeah. Back to Izzy, being, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you you have a certain level of confidence and I feel like you as a multiple world champion um, in the sport of triathlon, but just, just in every day you, you're a co- you've got this quiet confidence, um, which seems weird to say to a multiple world champion because you know, you're, you're a personality out in the field and everything, but it comes across as this quiet confidence. How did you, when your confidence is knocked, when you had Izzy, how did you mm-hmm. cope with that? I think I just remind myself that I only can do what I can do. And I think um, I, once I started doing triathlon, I certainly wasn't a confident person growing up. And once I started doing triathlon and started um, getting success, I sort of um, just realized that I, I am doing the best that I can every single day. I, I ask myself that question, you know, pretty much every session, pretty much every day. Am I doing the best that I can? If the answer is yes, then I'm okay with it and I'm at peace with it, I think you could say. And I, maybe that comes across in that I'm just at peace with, you know, like I'm okay if, if I don't win, you know, like I really want to win and I really want to perform at the highest level, but I'm okay with myself if I've given my best. And I think that maybe is coming across in my personality uh, because, yeah, I mean, I've had, and, and I certainly like once I started having great results and winning, you know, world titles, you know, that just kind of gets reinforced that, you know, 
yeah, doing your best is enough and has been enough. Um, so just continuing on that road of, you know, doing the best you can and being okay with whatever result follows. Yeah. Do you think that approach would work for everyone? I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe I think it's a positive mind frame to have if you can, um, if you can like honestly be okay with whatever result comes. Like if you can walk off the race course and, you know, come second or third or fifth and say, well, and look at the numbers and say, I actually did have a really good race and be okay with that. Um, then yeah, I don't see why that mindset wouldn't work for everybody. Yeah. And what makes you say when you're growing up, you weren't all that confident? I think I just grew up in a, you know, a big family and I was just kind of, you know, just one of the kids and, you know, I had two older brothers that beat up on me pretty good all, all the time and, and told me I wasn't going to be good and told me that I was, you know, you know big brothers, they're, they're mean. Yeah. Um, and mine, and mine were typical big brothers. They, they beat me up and, and, um, yeah, they told me, you know, that I wasn't going to be any good or whatever, you know, just, it was more on the basketball, I guess, because I followed them into basketball. And so we'd play backyard basketball and they would just, they would never give me an inch, uh, which I think is one of the reasons why I am who I am now, right? Like yeah. having that um, fighting spirit and being beat up on, like, yeah, I mean, I would never say die either with, with my brothers. Like that, there was no chance they'd ever see me cry. Um, I wouldn't give them the satisfaction, but yeah, that, I think Kent has come across in my triathlon racing in that, you know, it's kind of the perfect storm. I'm a terrible swimmer. Well, no, I'm a ter- not a terrible swimmer. I'm not the best swimmer. <laughs> and I have to chase all day long and I, you know, would never give up. So um, I think, yeah, maybe growing up in that family with those brothers was the perfect entry into triathlon for me. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said for pain in the ass brothers for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel that way as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you-, you hate them, but I, you know, I almost want to thank them now. Right. Oh yeah. And at the moment. Thanks for being such a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be your Christmas card to them, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of the family, obviously you haven't been able to see them for quite some time and, and typically mm-hmm. speaking, in a normal year, uh, you'd spend a bit of time over sort of the Christmas, New Year break in Australia. Mm-hmm. How, how are you doing? How are you staying connected with them? How, how are they? Yeah, I mean, I guess we wouldn't have gone to Australia this year because Finn, but if the pandemic ha- oh, yeah. didn't happen, we wouldn't have had Finn. So it was kind of like, <sighs> you know, like it yeah. for us, the pandemic was amazing because we got, you know, our little guy out of it and, you know, we wanted to have another child. I probably would have waited till after Kona to, to try and conceive, but um, it's actually worked out, you know, really well. Uh, we already have our second little guy and, um, and yeah, it's sad not to be in Australia. I mean, my mom, I mean, and I don't, the, the sad thing is I don't know when I'm going to get to go back mm-hmm. because we just don't know what's going to happen with, you know, my mom can't even leave Australia to come to the U S and see us. So it's just, um, it's just crazy. And we're hopeful that we'll get to see them in the beginning of next year. Um, if not, you know, if, if something happens and mum can come over earlier, she'll come out earlier and see, see the little guy. Um, it'll be two years between them, Izzy, them seeing Izzy because we got back here January, 2020 and we won't go back 
oh. there until most likely, hopefully, I'm hoping uh, January 22. And two years, like she's going to be four. She'll be over four, uh, four and a half almost. And she was like two and a half. So it's a massive difference with her. Mm. Um, and then obviously the little guy's going to be one. So, yeah, it's, it sucks, but, you know, kind of is what it is. And mm. fortunately we have FaceTime. Um, I think I've actually come closer to my mom, not through this period, but just being overseas and having FaceTime. Like I call her, you know, once a week and check in and see what she's doing and, I, you know, early in my career, certainly if I was living at home, not at home, you know, mom's house, if I was living in Australia, mm. I probably wouldn't talk to her as much as I do mm. um, now. So that's kind of been a nice um, um, surprise, I think. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I, and I, actually I think what happened is what brought us together was me having kids, me having Izzy and then realizing, wow, mom, <laughs> you're, you're amazing. And yeah. then just appreciating her so much more. She had six of us. I mean, that is ridiculous. Um, and yeah, so I think once I had Izzy, I just, you know, you kind of, you know, look to your mom a lot when you, when you become a mother yourself and you respect her more and you appreciate her more, but also like I found myself calling her for advice or to talk about different things with the kids, but also just, you know, it brought me closer to my mom, which has been really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Six. That, that is a basketball team. That's what she wanted, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, was, she had one sub. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with my mum. I, I think this past sort of 12, 18 months has brought us a bit closer as well, but very much so, so because of Frankie and not so much for me asking for advice. For me, it's more about um, just appreciating that, that bond um, mm-hmm. and feeling Guilty is not the right word because we've all got to live our own lives, but just mm-hmm. feeling like I don't want her to miss out on seeing Frankie grow up. So, yeah, yeah we FaceTime quite a lot. It's brought us closer again because we had a period of time where we, you know, fell out with each other for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's, uh, yeah, particularly the last, because of the pandemic, it's brought us a lot closer. And I don't know, I guess made us all appreciate things a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head when you like, you just want to, sh- you know, you have this little person and you just want to share with, you know, with everyone, like the, yeah. the milestones and just like the crazy things that they say and come up with. And like, <laughs> how did, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's so fun. It's great. It's, I post a lot about Frankie and I just don't care because mm-hmm. I just, yeah, she's ace fun most yeah, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know I like look at Tim and I'm like, there's nothing really that exciting about us. Like we're still doing triathlon. We're doing the same. I mean, you know, like I feel like we're quite boring, but like the kids are growing and evolving and like learning new things. And, um, and it is cool to like, remember to see the world through their eyes as well. Like, Mm. wow, this is cool. Like, or that, like she's never seen a double rainbow or, you know, like, so, you know, some random yeah. stuff that you kind of take for granted. It's, it's a nice reminder to, to appreciate the little things and be in the moment. So I think they give us that as a gift, I think, to, to remember to be in the moment and appreciate the small things. That's a really nice way of putting it, uh, them giving us a gift. Absolutely. Even down mm-hmm. to going for a walk with Frankie, I'll see some ants and then I get excited because I know she'll get excited about seeing some yeah. ants. Like, yeah, 
you know. Totally. You, like you wouldn't have even, you, you would have stepped, probably stepped on the ants before. And now you're like, check it out. Where are yeah. they going? Like, Whoa. look at that one. He's carrying like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's his house. Like they're building. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Please excuse this very brief interruption. I'm just here to say, if you are not already a Wits Up Patreon member, please consider signing up. It really helps us out and supports Wits Up to continue to bring you powerful narratives of women in sport. Just click the link in the description below uh, or just simply go to patreon.com slash Wits Up. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wits Up. And I assume you know how to spell Wits Up. Uh, Okay, back to the podcast. Um, as a, as a professional triathlete, it's probably a little bit hard because I know you're just starting to ramp things up a little bit now and Finn's only five months, but what's some of the biggest things you learned about your approach to training, uh, not racing just quite yet, um, Mm -hmm. between having Izzy and, and Finn, and I guess even from before having Izzy as well, like how have you evolved as an athlete? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, my whole life revolves around the kids, so it's hard to think before. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, you know, you just become, you know, prior to kids, I think you just become more confident in the process and what you're doing. Um, and, you know, obviously I was working with Siri and, you know, we had a really long-term relationship and just, yeah, confidence in in what you're doing. Uh, I think that that's the biggest thing that evolves over time um, and you, is reinforced to you when you, you know, have good results, obviously, if you're not having good results, then you make adjustments or, um, and yeah, we kind of got really good at figuring out, you know, where weaknesses were, what we need to improve on and how to go about preparing for races. Um, and then, you know, bring having a child into the mix. Um, yeah. With Izzy, it was totally like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get back. Like, mm. I don't know if this is actually going to happen because it was, it was a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle again with Finn, but I think going through it once gives you the confidence that you can go through it again. And I don't, I've been asked a lot, like the difference, like coming back after Izzy and coming back after Finn. And I don't know yet. Like I need another couple of months. Um, I feel like um, I'm in better shape now, but it's really hard to compare because with Izzy, I had her in August, we went into off season you know, like I just basically mm. was in off season with the whole rest of the triathlon world and, you know, got to slowly build up January, February and race in um, April this time around, you know, I had Finn in January and everyone's like fit. So I look on Instagram, everyone's doing crazy training and fit. And, and I'm like, I, I had a little bit of anxiety. Like, oh my God, I need to get fit like right now um, for the, you know, for a few weeks there, I want to say. And then I was just like, you know what? there is no rush. Like I'll be ready when I'm ready. I'm going to listen to my body. I know, like, I know what to do. Um, I've got a great coach in Julie Dibbins guiding me back and yeah, I'm just excited. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying the process of getting in shape again with Izzy. I like, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I mean, I guess again, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to race at, you know, top level. I think I can, and I believe I can, but I don't know that I can um, go and race, you know, against the top women in the world of, will have been probably two years between mm. um, real races because my last real race was um, like back in July of 19 because I broke my arm in Santa Cruz. I yeah. didn't really get to race Kona. I did do one race after Kona, but I was still out of whack in mm. that race. So, yeah, 2020 rolled around and I'm like, okay, let's 
you know, go like everyone else and no season. And now we're basically two years later. <laughs> so it's a long time between races and, uh, you know, the, the, the girls are getting faster. There's more women coming every, every year, uh, more amazing women, mm. amazing performances again in, in Tulsa on the weekend. So it's motivating and, it, and it's exciting. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to compete at that level, but I'm excited to try. Mm. And, you know, if I fail, that's, that's okay. Like, you know, at least I tried. And well, it comes back to what you said prior that, that quiet confidence and the being honest with yourself, knowing that you've given it everything you've got. And that's all, all that you can actually ask for that. That's got to give you confidence going into every day that you step outside the door to train or stay indoors, whatever the weather's yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well now finally we're getting some warm weather. So stepping outside. Um, yeah. I've, I'm just, just like, honestly, like six weeks after Finn was born, I was just like, I don't want to go back to train. I don't want to go back mm. to racing. I was like loving just being a mom and being with him. Like maybe he'll be our last baby I don't know maybe we'll have one more but I don't know I'm yeah. not young anymore um but um yeah I was kind of just really enjoying it I think that that was just the you know the mother hormones in me like wanting to spend as much time as possible with him and Izzy and and look at Izzy and realizing she's grown up so quickly and, and those three years have just flown by but then mm-hmm. you know I regardless I you know you want to get back into shape like I want to feel fit again so I'm like took the first steps to, okay, well, let's just start training a little bit. And now I'm just loving training. I'm loving the process of getting back into it. I'm really enjoying working with Julie. Um, I'm excited to get back out there and, and, and feel fit and strong and race again. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for the next, you know, however long, maybe, maybe two years of racing, um, maybe more. So yeah, yeah I'm kind of, I'm, I'm glad that this feeling came back. So I didn't know like at six weeks mm. when he was six weeks, I'm like, maybe I, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. And which, you know, would have been fine. But um, now I'm like loving it and excited to, to yeah. get out in the race course again. And with, um, with dibs, it's almost like this is your true clean slate with her, because like you say, the, the, well, there was the pandemic um, mm-hmm. and, and uh childbirth and then breaking mm-hmm. your arm like you go back I don't you guys yeah. probably haven't had a proper clean slate to really get stuck into uh working with each other yeah well so I I feel like I I, I got a good taste of what her training was mm-hmm. like because basically I was eight weeks out from Ironman St George which was what I was planning to do in 2020 mm-hmm. so I started with working with her in December so I got like four months yeah, okay. of working with Julie so I did get a build um sort of into an Ironman. Um, but yeah, I, uh, but this, you know, this time she's bringing me up from nothing. <laughs> I, you know, like I was kind of like, I had a bit of fitness from 19 and, you know, you have your off season, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how, how things progress with her over the next, you know, six, eight, 12 months. Yeah. And I, I'm a I'm a massive Dibs fan. Um, and well, one of the big well, I used to love watching her race, but also I just love that she's a massive smart ass as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> How is totally. the dynamic? Yeah, because you guys are, are, are close friends as well. And I think since the day I met her, she was giving you shit, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she's yeah. awesome. How's she's the spicy? Yeah. <laughs> How's how's the dynamic um, going from a a friendship into a coaching relationship? 
Yeah, it's gone really well. And, you know, obviously I raced against Julie in the, you know, 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, um, and we were pretty fierce competitors, mm. uh, great friends, but um, we love to beat each other. And then obviously she retired early, and actually that was right around 11, it was right around that when I left Siri and Julie was still racing. Well, she was pretty much done, but she was still trying to race. Like mm. her injury ended up you know, that injury that she had in Kona in 2011, I think it was mm. 10 or 11. I think it was 11, um, pretty much ended her career, but that was right around when I was, I left Siri for a couple of years there. And, um, we joked that I'm like, well, you can coach me. And, um, oh. I almost, she, but she wasn't ready to coach yet. And so it was almost like, okay, let's, let's do this. And then it was like, no, you're still racing. You're actually still my, probably my, one of my biggest competitors. If you come back, yeah. she didn't end up coming back and she ended up starting coaching. But by then I'd already gone back to work with Siri and um, things were going great. So um, yeah, it's kind of like a false start to us working together. And obviously mm-hmm. absolutely no regrets working with Siri, you know, love that time, but it, it came to an end in 2019 when she was kind of moving more towards uh, public speaking and, um, motivational speaking with Tony Robbins and um and obviously my husband Tim and started working with Julie and she had a squad here in Boulder it sort of just things started to fall into place Mm. and yeah it's been really really fun um you know she's still so damn strong on that bike um and you know she comes out and even when I was you know eight weeks out from an Ironman she'd still kick my butt on the bike which is great um I also have Dee Griesbauer who's just ridiculously strong on the bike. We saw her in Galveston. She rode away from all the whippersnappers and so cool. um, so amazing at, at 50 years old. So I have those two women. I'm, I just was saying to Tim the other day, we went for a ride up Jamestown, super Jamestown, and they kicked my butt. And I'm like, it's, it's going to be a long summer with those two. <laughs> it's going to be crushing me. But it's, you know, exactly what I need. And, mm. um, and yeah, Julie's, you know, while she is my coach, she still loves to stick it to me in, in training whenever she can on the bike. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just really nice to work with her. She's her attention to detail is incredible. Um, she doesn't miss a beat. Like mm. if I go for a run and um, stop for five minutes, cause I see someone she'll, she'll put in training peaks. Oh, who did you see on your run? Like, it's amazing. Yeah, she has like right. so many athletes and she's still like, wait, who are you talking to on your run? Like, why did you stop? She's always watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that just that just shows the amount of attention she gives to her athletes and the amount of time she puts into like actually looking at your files when they come in on training peaks and analyzing them and like you know then working out what you need moving forward week to week and even at you know my level now I'm at about 17, 18 hours of training a week, um, you know, and I'm not in great shape yet, but she's you know, she's got everything dialed, which is cool. Mm, I love it. Hey, I want to go back to, cause Anne has actually mentioned this as well. And I was going to ask you this question anyway, but you mentioned it. I'm Anne Tulsa, fantastic racing by the women and some pretty fast times. Um, mm-hmm. What, what sort of uh, stuck, sorry, struck me was how many people went under the three hour Marathon, marathon um and uh cat matthews sub 250 yeah. do you yeah is, are you is it you chrissy and cat are the only ones who've gone under 250 i don't 
I, I know Chrissy has and I have. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else. Maybe yeah. there's some others. You have. That's a question for Thorsten. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have a look. I'm pretty sure. If not, regardless. like Impressive. Amazing. But also, like, what I was looking at was, um, is it Katrina? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah, Katrina yeah. Matthews. Yeah. Yeah, she um, was only five minutes behind Daniela. Five minutes and one she, second. Yeah, but she had a penalty, mm. a five-minute penalty. Yeah, which is really the more impressed. I mean, getting that close to Daniela, you know, she's she's been kind of in a class of her own over the Ironman distance for the last six, seven years. Yeah, and yeah, to see her and even like set and Sky Mon- uh, Munch was only seven minutes behind. That's a, an amazing race from her too, and a pretty mm. pretty big breakthrough. She was under under three hours, two fifty six marathon, which is legit. Mm-hmm um after a very solid bike uh ride from those girls so yeah it's impressive the, the game is getting tougher and tougher um, yeah it's exciting it is exciting and i think you've kind of answered my question because you've got the stats there uh, are you a, you're a triathlon fan still oh yeah i mean i can't help myself i like i mean i i turn the coverage on sunday morning and you know i'm listening to matt and dd and you know i like i i think even when I'm retired, I will still tune in and see what's going on. But right now it's very relevant to me, right? Like mm. I want to, I got to compete against these girls. I need to know my enemy, right? I need mm. to know like, okay, what are their strengths? What can they do? What have they done? Um, who's coming up? Who's, um, you know, maybe, you know, doing anything different or special uh, that I need to know about and, mm. and it's motivating. So yeah, I like to check in on what's going on and, especially in these big Ironman races, you know, that was, a, that was a big event with a lot of great athletes racing. And that's what we've seen because of as, pretty much as a result of the pandemic, the depth of field in the races is huge because there's mm-hmm. limited racing. And to me, mm-hmm. I know there's obviously massive cons to this pandemic, but to me, like I love to watch racing uh, and I feel like that is a bit of a pro with less mm-hmm. races out there. Yeah, I mean it's it's a pro for the spectator and maybe not so much for the athletes. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they've got to go deep, like real deep, mm. outside of a championship, um, which it's hard. You know, like it's hard to do more. Yeah, two or you know, maybe you can do two big Ironman races in a year, but I'd argue that one is enough. For mm. me, one was enough. Yeah, um, to go like that deep, um, but. Yeah, we'll we'll see if they can, you know, back it up and do it again in Kona. Yeah. Do you think Kona will but go yeah, ahead? I mean, it, I think so. Honu, uh, from all accounts, is going ahead um, next month, and that's a big indication as mm. to whether Kona will happen. What I'm wondering about is the age group field. Yeah. Um, you know, like I think the professionals will have no problem getting to Hawaii. Mm. Uh, I think internationals trying to get into the U.S. and, and into Hawaii um might there might be a lot harder to do so mm. that's what you know i think i think they the island really needs people to come back from from what i understand yeah and you know maybe they, the locals maybe don't want it to be the case but the island needs it uh, economically mm. Mm. and um yeah i think it and i men really want to put the race on uh so i think it maybe is a worst case it's a pro field with a lot of us athletes and a lot of lotteries um mm. going to race there 
but hopefully, um, you know, things start to open up a little more in the coming months, but yeah, we don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, just looking at from an Australia and New Zealand point of view for age groupers, I I mean, I doubt they'll even be able to get there, but it'll be the getting Mm. back. Um, Oh yeah. And the quarantine. Yeah, two weeks hotel quarantine. I think we'll still be in in order in October. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like even I've been thinking because I would be going for work whether I yeah. could go over for Both work on. and get an exemption. But I can't afford two weeks of quarantine to come back. So oh yeah, that's pretty much my answer right yeah. there. Like Kona's yeah. expensive enough as it is. Yeah, another it's four thousand dollars to come back and. You got to stay in a hotel, and then you've got Frankie, so you take her, right? You can't be away from her for a month. Exactly. And then she's got to be in a hotel for two weeks. Like, oh my god! Unless you can get that exemption. Um, I know Greg and Laura Bennett are trying to get over to Australia too, and um, they've got their two kids. They're like, we can't do a quarantine with two babies. Like, we're not keeping them in a hotel. So yeah, there. I think there is if you can you can prove that you can quarantine in your own house, but I don't know how that's approved and how that happens. So they're, they're certainly trying to do that because they'd like to get home as well. Yeah. Oh gosh. It makes it very, very tough. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. such a, such a bummer, but yeah, hopefully this will all be behind us. Not, not too long. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to go back to, I was talking about your quiet confidence. Um, another thing. And I always say this about you. I you you're like my, benchmark do you say benchmark (laughs) or what you know what the line in the sand whenever I'm dealing with athletes I always use you as a reference and say if if Marinda Carfrey can spend a few minutes getting back to me or or doing this or doing that she's quite possibly one of the busiest athletes in the world and I'm not talking about having kids as well I'm just talking about in terms of um, commitments with sponsors with media and everything I might, if she can do it, then you, mm-hmm. someone else can probably find a little bit of time and effort to be able to do it. Um, but nothing ever seems to be an issue for you. Like I emailed you and you emailed me back, like, I don't know, within two hours. And Yes, but <laughs> that, that was because Monday afternoon is my admin afternoon. This is where we are having yes. this podcast on Monday afternoon. Because, <laughs> yeah, I have three hours on Mondays to do the washing <laughs> clean the filter for the master's bar and reply to emails and you got me right at the right time otherwise it would have been days and I like I have I'm guilty of um taking a while to get back to emails but um oh, yeah I do a lot of emailing while breastfeeding with one hand like my replies are quite quick and short usually yep. <laughs> um but yeah I mean you know over the years so I, I respect what you do Steph I appreciate what you do for women and have been doing for women in sport on a shoestring budget and yeah, it's not easy, but you're you're doing it for the betterment of the sport for women, and yeah. and that's to be admired, and and so I I appreciate that, and that's why I make sure I you look after you, you look after us, so we should look after you too. Thank you, I appreciate it. It wasn't meant to be yeah. about me though, but uh, thank you. <laughs> but what yeah. I was I was getting to is that you you're still quite a laid back down to earth kind of person. That's how I explain you to other people when, you know, a lot of people will say, who's your favorite people to talk to? And your name always comes up because it's just, nothing is ever a hassle. It's just always easy to connect with you. You're usually, well, I shouldn't say usually, you're always very open and honest. But my question to you is, so I'm saying, yeah, you're down to earth, you're relaxed, you're easy. Mm -hmm. 
Would Tim agree? Um, I think so. Uh, you'd have to ask him that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're both similar personalities. We're both pretty open and um, laid back. And, yeah, I, I would think that he would agree. That's good. I get, I get, I get, I get upset with him with little things like he's just such a mess maker, and I'm like, <laughs> like what? Like why is your helmet on the kitchen table? <laughs> like, like why did your gloves come in and land on the kitchen table? Like, like leave it in the garage. Like little, like little things. I like kind of, you know, get at him about. I'm like just like just pick your stuff up and put it away because I'm like tidying up after him and after Izzy. So yeah, so. I get annoyed with that, but that's it. Yeah. Do you, are you teaching Izzy to put stuff away as well? Yes. And it's yeah. sometimes a battle because she's like, you can do it. I'm like, yes, but, you you know, no, mummy's mummy will help you or I'll help you, but you need to help. You need to clean up your mess. But actually the other day she wanted something, I think. I think she wanted to watch a show or something. I can't remember, but, um, or she wanted a treat. And I said, okay, well, you've got to clean up all your mess. And I didn't think she was going to do it. And she cleaned up the whole lounge room. I'm like, that's wow. pretty good. Bribing. Bribing. <laughs> yeah. Parenting I bribery. Right? It's all we have. It's all we have. Yep. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> oh, it's true. I Frankie has, is sleeping in a big bed and hasn't actually stayed in the bed, I don't know, for a month. So I just have, I've, it, here's me saying this to someone with a, essentially a newborn, but have just had broken sleep for a month and I'm not used oh, no. to it. Oh, Izzy, Izzy, Izzy's never really done well asleep. She's looked like the worst. But since I had Finn, Izzy is Tim's responsibility. Got it. So the nighttime, like I say goodnight and then I go put Finn to, Finn to sleep and then he takes Izzy up and puts her to sleep. But she hops out of bed like all the time and then it, at night and wakes him up. Like, oh, God. She's, she's at the age now when she – our house is not ideal for little kids because our bedroom's on the main floor and her level, her bedroom's up on the next level. And uh, so she's kind of by herself. And so like, we're all together, like Finn's with us in the room and, and she's like, this is, this sucks. Like I'm by myself. So I understand. And, but it's just kind of like, you know, sometimes she's scared sometimes she just mm-hmm. wants to be with us. And most of the, for the most part, I'm just like, this is all temporary. You know, eventually mm-hmm. she will not want, any part of us and she will be in her room. So yeah. Kind of just yeah, riding riding the wave. Yeah. I actually I did a podcast with someone the other week and she was saying she's a doctor, um, a scientist, and she said that um well to begin with, you don't she always goes back to animals to see what they do, how they you know um uh interact with their families. And she's like you don't see a monkey gonna go put their monkey in another tree and then they go back to yeah. another tree. Like you don't see that. No, um, it's not natural. Yeah. And then the other thing that really struck a chord with me was because I've just been really busy the last the last month, especially. She's like, mm-hmm. you've been flat out. You probably haven't spent as much time with Frankie as you normally do. And that's that's not a bad thing, but it's so yeah. different for Frankie. So her only way to get that back <laughs> is <laughs> to climb into bed. Little Hi, little monkey. She Hello. can't hear me. No, she can't. You got bunny? Oh. <laughs> this is her favourite little bunny boo. Uh-huh. I hope we never lose bunny boo. We'll be in trouble if we do. You've got to get backup ones just in case. I tried. I can't find them anywhere. Oh, good. There's no more. They're discontinued. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. 
It's a situation. <laughs> Hi, Evie. Well, don't kick the stand. What are okay. you? You want to go back upstairs, babe? No, I'm almost done. No, I, I, I want to jump on a trampoline. Well, you can go and ask Cora, sweetie. But, but, but the kids are on it. Oh, the kids are on it. You, well, let's just wait until the big kids get off. We have a trampoline in our, the back of the house, and now the kids in the neighborhood just come, they come and jump on it. Oh, they ask usually. But now Izzy wants to jump on it, and they're a bit big for her. So I don't know if she might get hurt if she goes and jumps on the trampoline oh. with the big kids. This is my dilemma right now. She wants to go on the trampoline and there's big kids on there. <laughs> Such is Do you want to give them? They'll probably be done in 10 minutes and then you can go on, okay? I'll jump with you. Now she wants to talk to you. That's all right. We can have a chat. Hi, Izzy. You- oh, can you hear? Can you hear me? Hey, hi. Are the can big kids on your trampoline? Are they- really? Do you know what? Why don't you say to them, five more minutes and then it's my turn, please. That's a that good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Thanks, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to go and say five more minutes and then it's my turn. Okay, babe. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, parenting easy. She's like, oh, good idea. See you later. <laughs> it's a good idea because it wasn't your idea. It was yes, probably. Idea. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll start to wrap things up because I know I know how busy you are. Um, but I, w- I want to. I'd like to get a bit of an idea of what what plans are over the over the mm-hmm. coming months for you. So um, yeah, I hope to. I w- ideally, I'd do a race in July, but there's no races here in the US. Um, there's a race in Ecuador, but I don't really want to travel all the way down there with Finn. Uh, so the first race I'm looking at is probably going to be Boulder 70.3 in early August. And I'm an outside chance for the Collins cup team too. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, I'd have to have a really good race in Boulder. Who knows if I'm ready to have a really good race, but it's obviously worth a shot. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of aiming for Boulder 70.3 and then either the Collins cup, if I get the call up, if not, I'll do probably Timberman or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's late August. And then, um, yeah, I'm kind of deciding whether to do 70.3 Worlds or not. Um, and there's, yeah, Kona's kind of on my radar, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, honestly like my schedule post-August will depend on how I feel in August and how fit I am. Sure. If I'm honest with myself, you know, my first race, my first Ironman after I had Izzy was about, when she was 10 months and that was Ironman Cairns mm-hmm. and I had a decent race. I, I biked really well, but I felt awful on the run and I don't really want to feel awful on the run in Kona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, no. I need to feel great on the run yep. in Kona. Um, and also I, like I was still breastfeeding a fair amount and I, I felt really hot in Cairns. I remember feeling just like, I think I was carrying like a little bit extra, mm-hmm. obviously the milk. Um, yep. Yep. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really want to, go to Kona if that's how it's going to be. Um, I don't know if it'll be different the second time around. So, yeah, I mean, I have my spot for Kona. That's on the radar. But um, if that if that's not looking like it's going to be a possibility or I don't feel that I'm going to be competitive there, I probably will go and race like I'm in California is two weeks after Kona. Uh, and okay. that would stamp my ticket, hopefully, if I race well enough uh, for the following year's Kona. So really I'm like basically 
you know, if I, if I feel like I can race really well this year in Kona, I'll do Kona this year. If not, I'll try and qualify early for next year sure. um, and just put my whole work, my whole year around Kona next year. Cause I, cause I feel like once with Izzy, it was like 18 months that I felt mm. like started to feel good running again. And you know, I need to feel good running. <laughs> It, on that island, you absolutely yes. do. <laughs> yes, yes, for it to make, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like, I don't know, maybe arrogant or whatever to say, you know, I'm not going to take my slot, I'm not going to race in Kona, but I've raced in Kona a lot of times and I've had great results there and I don't see any point in just going to make up the numbers, mm-hmm. like just to be another athlete. I mean, obviously it's a great opportunity to go and race in Kona, like anytime you get to race, there's pretty amazing, but um, I don't, for me, I don't think it's worth it unless I can be competitive. So I'm looking more sounds, towards probably 22. Yeah, I don't think that sounds arrogant at all. It sounds <laughs> smart. I, I mean, <laughs> Kona takes so much from you um, on every level whether it be yeah. physically mentally emotionally monetary like it, it, mm-hmm. it it's a it's a big call to be going uh and racing there and if you're not feeling it then and I guess being a, a previous champion multiple times as well it, you make out the numbers is is not an option for you <laughs> no it's not well it's just not motivating yeah. I'd rather like you know if I've only got a couple more big Ironmans in me, then I'd rather wait for 22 when I know that my body will be like, you know, I hopefully will, well, who knows? I've fed Izzy for two and a half years, but at least mm. by 18 months, I wasn't feeding her much. And I think my body really just started to, you know, click back into action mm. or um, maybe there was less elastin, but I don't know what it was, but my run all of a sudden I felt like, okay, I'm not as like, lax as I was before I, ha- I have more um tensegrity I think is the word uh I hear someone crying and coming downstairs sorry <laughs> you're right hold on once is he right. babe what's wrong if you can be quiet you can sit on my lap for a minute okay oh. you hurt yourself Okay. I hurt myself on the road. On the road, did you fall oh, down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. We sit here for a minute, and then we'll take you outside. All right. You have to be quiet while I finish up. Okay. Hi, Mommy. Oh, mm-hmm. little friend. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll start to wrap this up before. But before we do, um, did you did you see that at the Olympics? And I've forgotten her name. She's the marathon champion. Yes. Whole uh, uh, Alephine Tulumbos. Yes. I think. Yep. I'm probably saying it wrong. Yes, uh, I was reading that. Um, about, about the baby not being able to go? Yeah. And um, your thoughts? I think it's absolutely a disgrace. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw it on, um, what's her name, another outspoken um, track athlete that is a mother as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it Alyssa? I can't think of her oh. name. Anyway, I saw it randomly came, come up on her and she's like basically – um, a big advocate from mums and athletes. And it, yeah, I think the headline was um, babies aren't spectators. Mm. They're an extension of the mother. And oh, I like yeah, that. to have to, yeah, to have to choose between an opportunity to race at the Olympic games, which is a once, you know, once in a lifetime Mama. opportunity mm-hmm. and unless you're breastfeeding your child. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're Nicola, then it's yeah. like seven times. I don't know. <laughs> times yeah, just racing. 
but yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll change that and allow her to bring her baby because Mm. yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, there are ways, ways around it, but that'd be so, so much breast milk. I don't even, I don't think you could express that much breast milk for, you know, she'd have to be away from the baby for at least two weeks, I would think. Yeah, with all the quarantining and all the other bits and pieces. I don't think you have to. So some of the US athletes went and raced Yokohama mm-hmm. and they only went a week before and they were back. They were probably there 10 days, maybe yeah. maybe just over a week. But there was no, there's no quarantine coming back here. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like I was trying to think, like, how, mm. how can you work around this? Like, mm. Express a bunch of milk. And then pump while you're there because you don't want to like lose yeah. your supply. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of the only. Sorry, my little person's like messing with my light and stuff in the <laughs> back, background. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, I think it's a disgrace as well. And for those who are just catching up, it, it, essentially, uh, athletes have been told that they can't take their baby if they're breastfeeding, or they can't take anyone, um, and because spectators aren't allowed, and they just. Okay. that babies are spectators as well and this is to breastfeeding mothers um yeah yeah we're not talking toddlers we're talking babies uh yeah it's it's terrible i hope i hope that rule changes and also yeah there's not it's not like there's 500 athletes who are doing that like maybe let's no. just make an exception to their rule for a few yeah for the yeah it's happening few, yeah uh, yeah like yeah. very minimal i would think you know mothers that are breastfeeding are going to the olympics exactly so exactly yeah it's crazy it's crazy that it's happened it's like a thing <laughs> yeah um just yeah, what we're going forward. Exactly. <laughs> uh okay really uh i think this is a very good time to wrap things up uh, sorry are, no 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 all good there are trampolines to be bounced on um hi izzy and um i I appreciate the time this is our hundredth episode we talked the very first time in geelong back in 2017 when you were pregnant with izzy Um, yeah that's right yeah and it was still a a, publicly it was still a secret and we pre-recorded you you had to hold the episode for a little bit right yeah because we talked about it yeah i think it was i think we all had to hold it for like six weeks yeah, because yeah. yeah, we spoke about it. Told, I hadn't like spoken to all my sponsors and everything yet. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were wandering around Geelong, uh, and ever like there were so many whispers and rumors. Oh yeah, like oh, really doesn't look very in shape. <laughs> she looks like she's let us. She's really uh, the one. The one that made me laugh the most was uh, Danielle's just broken her. You know, oh, like really? yeah, she's just let herself go. Like because I think I got. I got second. Then I got sixteen, and then then I got pregnant. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Daniela has yeah. broken her, so she's let herself yeah. go. That's brilliant. She's just gonna, just gonna. I've just been sitting on the couch drinking beer, following. <laughs> and now I, I have two it. babies. You do far out. Two babies. Who knows? And maybe the next. Maybe the next one will have three babies. You're crazy. <laughs> Although I can actually imagine you with three babies, but I don't know why. That's just in my head. Um, <laughs> not for a few years. Uh, thank you no. so, so much. Uh, Mommy, some, some, something's biting me on my back. Um, oh, no. Something's spiking you. You're all right. Oh, I thought she said something's biting me. What? I think she said spiking me on my leg. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, can't wait to see you again. Not too sure when it will be. Maybe in Kona. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, um, hopefully. Sooner than later. 
Yeah, so our kids Open can play. Open up the borders, Australia. Yes. <laughs> Let us All in. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back. All right, dude. Thank you so Thanks, much. Steph. Enjoy your afternoon. Bye, Iz. I will. You too. Bye, She said bye. Can you say bye? Bye-bye. So, <laughs> so cute. See you, Thanks, team. Steph. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Leave us a comment. It gives us some feedback, but also helps with our podcast ranking. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness and we'll speak to you in the next episode.